Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So I am recently engaged. I did not announce my engagement. It did not feel appropriate to announce my engagement. I went through a nine-year divorce. It took me nine years to get divorced. It was an unpleasant situation. It was completely analyzed and dissected by the media. It is their job. It is their right. I couldn't get off the ride. I wanted everyone to stop talking about it, but because it didn't end, it would keep resurfacing. And it was just pretty much a nightmare. I mean, everything about it. The actuality of it was a nightmare, but then living it in the media was a nightmare. And in many ways, I brought this on to myself. I am a public person. I asked to be a public person. I worked to be a public person. I use the media and being a public person to my advantage when I want to promote something, sell something, launch something, do something, do relief work and help people. The media is an incredible tool when used wisely. It is an incredible beast when used for its sheer force and power. I mean, people are elected president as a result of the media. People become billionaires as a result of the media. I mean, Undeniably, Donald Trump was the president because of the media, because of the reality show he was producing in his campaign. Undeniably, the Kardashians are billionaires because of the media. Undeniably, the media, which television is a form of media, promoted my cocktail and landed me on the cover of Forbes magazine and Entrepreneur magazine and with my own show. 
and all the amazing things that have happened to me. So the media is the ocean. When you ride the wave and there are many waves coming in good, you catch that wave, it feels so good, more are coming, etc. But I always know when I'm in the ocean that there will be a set coming that will pummel you, that you will get pulled under, you will feel like you can't get to the surface, you will lose your breath, you will not be able to breathe, it will feel really bad and you will feel helpless and you will struggle. And that's what the media is like too. You can't just take the rose and take the petals and not the thorns. So in my career, I've known that things can go great. And I always think, and Dorinda and I talk about the wolves at the end of the bed, when it's getting too good, I always feel like the wolves are at the end of the bed. Something's going to happen. I'm not willing it to happen, but it always just feels like anything too good to be true is. So you have to calm down. You can't drink your own Kool-Aid. You have to go away. You have to get quiet. You can't always be shoving your own success and everything you're doing up everyone's ass. You have to go quiet. So relationships are an interesting business when it comes to the media. Here's how it goes. Boy meets girl or girl meets girl or boy meets boy and is so excited about it. So excited that she needs to tell everybody about it. She needs to show pictures. Kourtney Kardashian and, and her, her boyfriend now. You can't help it. You're in such love. You need to post every thumb sucking, every ink tatting, every present, every flower, everything going on. It's intoxicating. It's also, let me show everybody else how great my life is. The entire basis of social media. So I'm so happy. I'm so lucky. We're having so much sex. It's so romantic. They love me so much. Look how great my life is. And it's not that unlike the filtering of the faces and the showing the money and all of the stuff that we have because it makes other people feel bad. So in my life, I have had public relationships and people have thought that I have been in a fairy tale. And I even had a show called Bethany Getting Married and Bethany Ever After. And when things were going good, everybody really, you know, was on board and they thought I had found my fairy tale and they root for me. And, you know, I've had a hard childhood, so this is her happy ending. And it's really nice and it's really supportive. And that's not only the media, that's also people, fans. They're connecting to it. They want to know the details. They've listened to you drone on about your margaritas. They've watched you on your show. They've supported you. Don't they deserve to know what's going on in your love life? And I understand all that. So you tell them and everything's good. Then the problem is a lot of celebrities don't tell them when it gets bad. So you just hide it. One day we're all blindsided because they've gotten divorced. It's obviously their own business. They don't have to tell us everything. But we were invested. We bought into this. The media showed the pictures of the roses and how great the relationship is. And the wedding and the planning of the wedding and the ring and all of that. So it's like now we're all invested. And then once it doesn't work out, the media wants to know everything and wants to spill all the tea and all the problems that were happening. There's a whole cycle and it's very unsettling. And I've been through it. And I know many people who have issues in their relationships, but the media is not showing it. And these people are scared of everyone to know the real truth. So the whole thing I'm talking about is that I got engaged and I didn't announce it because announcing it is like showing the ring and showing how dressed up you were and showing all the romance and what the person did. And I know that people want to be part of that. And I know that that's like, so you want to know what's the ring like and what happened and how did, how did he do it? But I think it also makes people feel bad about themselves sometimes. I feel like it makes people feel like, why not me? I mean, I know I was alone and I was, um, 
in a challenging relationship during the royal wedding of Meghan and Harry. And I remember that morning, like, feeling like she was in a fairy tale. And it just all looked so pure and so happy and so young. Not because it was royal, just because they were getting married and we were just watching that purity. And I remember going through major challenges in a relationship that I was in and feeling sort of bad about it. Also, it's private. And while people have invested in me and you want to share your private information, the media wants everyone to share everything in their relationship and then make it such a high and how unbelievable this all is. But when things don't go great or something goes wrong, the same media trashes it to bits. So it's like they invite you into this enticing den of showing all the details and how amazing it is and what a fantasy and fairy tale it is. But then are the first ones to want to show how dreadful it is and how bad it is and what all your real secrets are. So I find it all to be a little bit unsettling, a little bit scary. I have chosen overall in my life to try to be as private as possible while being a public person. Because one of the misconceptions about me is that I am not private because I've been on reality TV. I am intensely private, fiercely private. It's why I have such a small staff. It's why I have such a small infrastructure. I really do not trust many people. I just do not. It's a mistake that you make to trust too many people. So that's sort of the double-edged sword of the media and relationships and putting it all out there. But people are addicted to the ride. They love the high. And if the high outweighs the low, then go for it. Mention it all. What do you all think? When people are very public about how incredible their romantic, beautiful, lavish, sexual, perfect relationships are, does it make you feel A, hopeful, Does it make you feel, B, invested because you deserve to know all the details? Or does it make you feel, C, a little bad because why isn't it happening to you? Or is it, D, a combination of all? And after you watch this fairy tale being built and explained to you and shown to you, when the fairy tale crashes and burns, does that all make you feel badly for the people, B, entitled to be part of it or see a little better because it was shown as too perfect and makes you feel a little better that it's not all it was cracked up to be because it was so flaunted. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? 
While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. My guest today is my good friend, Kelly Ripa. Actress, dancer, talk show host, and television producer. She is a silent assassin. She is a powerhouse. She started out on a soap opera, All My Children. She has been the co-host of the morning show Live with Kelly and Ryan in various formats since 2001. And today we talk about how being underestimated can actually benefit you. The value of making ballsy decisions... Why time is definitely more important than money and the importance of instilling a strong work ethic in your kids. Her energy is so infectious and I think you're really going to love my conversation with her. This is the longest I speak to anyone on this podcast and it could have gone on forever. So that's always a great sign. She just was revealing and it's very different than when she's doing a talk show where it's sort of like, and we got to talk about this and then we got to do this. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Who's your dog? This is Lena. Every time we do an adoption segment on our show, I wind up with a dog. So my old hound is somewhere around here. But she's obsessed with you. She's like laying on you like you're like gave birth to her. She 
is very different than my other adopted dog. She is on me at all times. And the other one is has never been like that ever. That'll be nice when you're an empty nester. By the way, this dog is the greatest. This dog came from a hoarder house, you know, where they were hoarding animals. Gelman adopted the brother to this dog, but I got the best one. That's so beautiful. So can you tell me about your relationship in your house, like your siblings and your parents and what the dynamic, if you could describe it? It was a really interesting household growing up. Initially, we lived with my grandparents, my parents, my sister and me, and my great-grandmother all in one house. The house that my grandfather built. In Jersey. Yeah. Wow. In New Jersey, South Jersey, near Philadelphia. And he was a realtor. My grandmother was um, a businesswoman. She graduated high school when she was 15 years old. She went to college. Wow. Back in a, in a day when women did not do that. She was really a brilliant woman, an artist. There's a lot of artists in my family. I'm not one of them. I'm the one that did not get that gene. Everybody else is either a sculptor, a painter, graphic artist. I'm not, I'm none of that. I have no skills. My great-grandmother passed away first, but then in rapid succession, I lost all of my grandparents, like back to back to back to back. Wow. My grandmother. Yeah, it was really, it was actually quite, it's quite sad. And it's been very gratifying, knock on wood, that to watch my children's relationship with their grandparents, because they still have all of their grandparents, thank God. And I never had, like, that to me was just like a, a theoretical, it was a theoretical that you had grandparents and that you grew up with grandparents. Even though we lived in the same house, they were, by the time I was eight, they were all gone. So there's a void. Yeah, void. I didn't even understand the, the power of grandparents in your kids' lives. Like in my kids' lives, they are confidants and their grandparents are, you know, they're like the cool parents. Mm-hmm. The no responsibility, um, no real responsibility, all good and no negative parents. But for many years, this is what's really interesting. I think that the dynamic between my parents and me and my in-laws and me are so different that for years, my kids thought that Mark's parents were my parents. Oh my God. Really? Yes. So you're all that close. The whole family is that close. It's all interconnected. Yeah, we're very interconnected, but it's a very interesting, if you listen to my kids back when they were little, now they understand things, but when they were young, they really thought that Mark's parents were my parents and that somehow Mark's parents were also his parents, but they could not, they could not understand who my parents were. They thought that my parents were their cousin's parents. Like they weren't connecting it. It was like they were alien parents. They just didn't connect to this group. Yes, they did not. And I realized, I think it's because There is a dynamic in our household. My mother and I are very close, but in a lot of ways, I've been like the grown up. My mom is the fun, young parent. My my kids like still don't even associate her with being a grandparent. Got it. Most people, she just seems very young. Oh, okay. She's got a a very young spirit. She always seemed young. Whereas my father and I are very much like we were born 80. So now that my dad is 82, he seems like age appropriate. Oh, okay. When he was 40, he seemed like he was 80. Ah, uh, got it. 
I think I'm that way. I have that. Is she, she, who instilled the success, the work ethic? I mean, but you have to have some sort of person that you look to for this guidance or you don't. I mean, I didn't, but I'm just wondering, was there somebody in your house or nobody was that motivated by money or success or work ethic or accomplishments? So my dad was a bus driver for New Jersey Transit for 30 years. Then he became president of the labor union. Then he retired for two weeks and then went into public service. So now he's a county clerk. He was a county freeholder before then of Camden County. And so Middle class. You know, Your house was yes. middle, middle class. Okay. And Mark, very, Mark very much too? so. Mark also? So Mark's parents are, you know, he Mark's, they're an Im- immigrant family. Mark moved here when he was in grade school from, from Italy to America. His father's Mexican. His mother is Italian. And his father became an American citizen through the Navy. And then he became a civil servant working for the government. He was in special operations command. There's no, there are no actors. There are no like performers. Our parents, I think were both thought that maybe there was something wrong with us. You know, when I moved to New York and was like, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to see if I can get a job. You know, I didn't think I would get a job acting, but I thought I would get a job somehow in production. And again, I had no idea really how this would happen for me. I was working for a talent manager. I was really more or less delivering headshots of actual actors, which is how things happened for me. Well, did you think you had it though? Did you inside think I have something? There's something that drew you to the light and thought that I have something and one foot had to walk in front of another. Otherwise you would have just taken a normal job because you would have known you would have upward mobility. It's a very difficult road you were on. I think I took every opportunity. I did not discriminate. So most actors would not take a job working at the toy fair, but I did because I was like, this is great money and this will buy me enough time because my parents were like, look, you can have a summer, but then you're going to have to like enroll in community college or work for New Jersey Transit. Oh, so you didn't go to college? No. Oh, Uh -uh, you said I'm leaving? That's also very, you know, that's very intentional. What was your relationship to money? Kelly and I, for everybody listening, know each other. We've definitely known each other for years. And we have this sort of secret pen pal relationship that's late at night sometimes. And it just will go into these long texts. We're going to take it to the next level. This is the year that we take it to the next level. I agree. I feel like I have so much to say to you. Like, I want to say things to you. I don't know, like... I know things to be true. And then I read them and then I'm like, maybe it's not true because I don't believe anything I read anymore. Right. But I just want to congratulate you because I'm so happy for well, you. Well, thank you. Even I, though I, and you knew. <laughs> I told you Im- I, immediately. Yeah. I know. But then when I read it, I assumed that it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was like, it's, It's in a tabloid, so it's not true. So even though I know it's true, maybe it's not true. Well, so when I say these things about, like, if I ask Kelly, I believe that she has a little bit of money noise because I recognize it. And noise is a good thing that Kelly could totally understand, but she's very honest about noise. So we know each other just from our own little world. Life. So yeah, From from life. So my question to you is, I feel that you have some money noise about either because you come from that humble beginning and you've made it and it's weird to have a re- good relationship with money because is it going away or what am I supposed to be doing? So, and you work so hard and you continue to work hard, which we'll also get into, but what was and became and is your relationship with money? So money for me was always like top of mind. I watched my 
parents work very, very, very hard to have not very much of it. Mm. Both of my parents are extraordinarily generous and they literally would give you their last dollar and this shirt off of their backs. And that's how they have always been. They are altruistic, they are philanthropic, and they put themselves last. But having said that, I was very acutely aware that I was going to need to get something cracking in my life, that there was no trust fund and there were no cushions. Mm -hmm. Same. That was not a thing. Like there was no like, oh, you graduated high school. Here's the money we've been saving. By the way, parents, it's good for you to know because it's hard for people to raise kids when they have money. And so that's some of the benefit of raising kids when you don't have, because instilling this is harder when you have, not that no one's crying for us. I'm just saying that you and I have that in common, not having that safety net makes you work that much harder. Mark and I were raised the same way. We always had jobs. We always had jobs. Same. And so our kids have always had jobs. And having said that, I'm not going to name names, but some of my kids are more willing to have jobs. And some of my kids have acted as though they've been punished for something instead of understanding that learning to do things for yourself is the way to go and not sitting around waiting, hopefully to cash in, you know, hopefully my parents leave me something. That's really not the way to live. Right, right. It's not how our lives got made. Right, 100%. It's very hard to instill that because they still know that they're not going to starve. And we did not know that. You know what I mean? It's been scary for me and it's been scary for you. So I get that. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, and it could reactivate at any time. And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that can last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But... I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. 
In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So do you ever feel that the emperor has no clothes. Do you feel that you deserve to be where you are, that you've worked hard, that you have had some luck? And I want to discuss luck and work and what you believe. But do you feel that you really deserve this? Like you've earned this and this is from was yours because you made it yours. I have earned everything I have. Nobody handed me anything and I fought really hard for everything I had. Even like the little things, even the basic things that most people just get. Doesn't that feel great though? It does. No, no, no. It does. You find out what you're made of, you know, when you get into the public space. And one of the reasons I think acting was easier was because when you get to play a character, if people don't like you, they don't like the character. Right. You know, but when you're yourself and people don't like you, they don't like you. Right. And a lot of times they don't like you for reasons that may feel squishy or uncomfortable for them because it's like, I don't make choices and I don't do things based on solely what's good for me. I do things based on what I think is good for like every woman I work with, what's good for my daughter, what's good for her daughter in the future, like what's good for the group. Because a lot of times there's a difference still in this day and age, the way women and men are judged, treated, compensated. And the the battles that we have to fight, you know, what are we fighting for? And you think about that a lot. I know that you do. And what's crazy, and it may be to my detriment, I, for some reason, have never thought that much about that. I grew up at the racetrack, which is all men, and I was a hot walker, and I entered into the liquor business never once, and I swear on everything, thinking about the fact that that was a male business. I never thought about it. That has never occurred to me. And I don't know if I am a man. <laughs> People say that. I mean, I had somebody say to me, you're basically a man. I don't know what that means. I mean, that's probably not the most uh, feminist thing to say. But no, I think it's because we have balls. We have balls. We make ballsy decisions. We put our balls on the table. But I don't know if you're allowed to say that. You put your tits on the table now. I mean, we're not allowed to say anything, but yeah. I don't have any tits to lay down, so all I've got are my <laughs> balls, and I lay them down. And it's not always popular when I lay right. them down, but they've got it. Sometimes they have to go down on the table. Right. And it can be very 
I always say, like, I married the only man I know that could possibly be married to me. Oh, I can imagine. Now, like, as I'm even speaking to you, I'm realizing how strong you are. Like, do you feel that people underestimate you because you're cute and perky? And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this fucking bitch could, you know, can hold her own. Do you think that happens and you've been underestimated? It's been a great benefit to me that I've always been underestimated. People have never seen me coming. And that's part of it is deliberate. Part of it is like, that's okay. You can say and think and do what you want. And I'll be over here making actually very thoughtful, calculated decisions. And on the other hand, so much of my career has been a complete accident. But when it comes to an accident and turning an accident into a deliberate course of action, those are two different things, That's a happy, that's what I call a happy accident, even in cooking, it's a happy accident. accident. And then maximizing on it. And then saying... This opportunity only comes along once in a lifetime. I don't know that this will ever happen for me again. I'm going to work my hardest to carve out, to get, I always say to get something cooking for myself. I'm going to get something cooking. And my daughter always hates when I say that. She's like, why are you asking me that? Because I always say, did you get anything cooking today? And she's like, you sound like you're from the 1800s because she doesn't not understand that I'm actually from the 1900s. Right. But she doesn't, right. to her, it's like she does not understand, like, get something cooking. Get it cooking. Get it cooking. Get the, I always call it get some pieces yeah. on the board. But Suzanne Summers was like that. She was underestimated. She was seen as the ditzy blonde, and she liked that they didn't see her coming. I don't think that that's the case with me, so maybe that's one of my problems. But given that, and you're on, you know, you're in a conservative space in many ways. I mean, you're on, you know, ABC. You have to follow certain rules. You have to play the game. And there is a corporate element to that. I don't know if I'd be good at that. And do you think that you're polarizing? I think so. I mean, I, I don't think you can work in any field in entertainment and not be polarizing. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing I learned right away. And again, I'm taking the acting okay. off the okay. table. Because I started out as an actor, right? That's off the table. I'm talking about being yourself, which very few people actually are. (laughs) I am myself. You may not like it. It may not be for you. But here's the good news. It's always the same. It's not like, oh, lights on. Here we go. You're going to get what you're going to get, whether you bump into me at a restaurant or whether you're watching me on the show. Do I say everything I'm thinking? No. Of course I don't, because like you said, I'm walking a fine line. It's a corporate space. There are certain rules I have to follow. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, I will say that all of the people I've worked with and have worked with, I've been working for the same company for 30 years. So I want to, but I've never left ABC. I worked at ABC before Disney bought ABC. It was Cap Since you learned your ABCs, you've been at ABC. Since I learned my ABC, (laughs) I've been at at ABC. And so- You know, the relationships I've had, I've had for a very long time. Three decades is a long time in any job. It's admirable. Very admirable. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's admirable or if it's just a sign of me uh, just being extraordinarily good at walking a corporate line. That's admirable. That is very admirable. I have to say, and to maintain relationships for decades is is it's is, is admirable i have there's no way to, there's no other way around it have you ever been afraid that you didn't have job security every day no really you've really been every afraid day. that 
Real, and you still feel like that, you know, you've been, so I didn't even realize it was so long and you're definitely still at the top of your career. So how do you know when to hold them and when to fold them? How do you, how do you think about that? I've been saying that it's time to fold it for at least 20 years. Like for 20 years, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I'm too old for this crap. I can't do it. I need to find another career. I need to get off camera. I've been saying that. I mean, as you know, I've been saying that forever, like forever, Being in front of the camera is not something I've ever enjoyed. I'm not very comfortable that I always say, like, I could do my job for 200 years if it didn't happen on camera. I don't know. Are you self-conscious about the way you look or it's not that it's that you just don't want the attention on you? All of that. I don't like the attention. I don't like, I don't go to parties. I don't go to Hollywood events. I don't do any of that stuff. I like I, you and I have had this discussion. I would rather buy the clothes than have to ask to borrow something. I don't borrow any. I, by the way, I, my entire show, the big shot is my own wardrobe. I want to buy it. I don't want to give it back. I don't like to borrow. I I don't want to owe anybody, but more importantly, I want it. If I want it, it's mine. I'll buy it. I want it. I, right. I don't borrow. painful. Like, No, but it's like, there are times where, you know, for my show, say we've had to borrow things. Like it's part of the deal. Right. And I'm always like, no, 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 I'll buy it. I'll I'll buy it later because it's where you're just like, no, but I like that. Now we're in a relationship, me and this item. uh, Yeah, I know it's very funny, but same thing with you as events and things like that. But I used to do all that stuff because I wanted to be something and get somewhere and be successful. But then you get there and you realize that the people in front of the camera don't have the power and the control because you're basically like a person who has to do the massage every day to make that living. And then you have to do the next massage. The person who hires 20 people to do the massages for them. And while they're sitting home eating bond, bonds that's the person who's really in control ding ding exactly you know you're still we're still the puppet you're still you know you're not the i mean listen you have a lot of power and control as have i in my little microcosm and no one's complaining but i'm saying for people to listen the person who has to be there you have to get up and do it and put the makeup on and be the puppet sometimes and say the thing and the integration and do your job it's a job it's a job it's a job like every other job i mean it's definitely a better paying job but having said that for women it is a much harder road to get that big payday. It was not something like, oh, I got a job and they paid me a ton of money. It was like, I got a job 30 years ago. And little by little, incrementally, I worked harder and harder and longer hours. And then I sort of left the acting space. For a while, I was doing both. And it just it proved like mm-hmm. too difficult to raise my children. I didn't have these kids to like have them raised right. by other people. I wanted to be present in their lives. And so, you know, little by little, I was able to shift over into just doing the talk show. But you created value. And for people at home, you got to know when you are valuable and when you're not. And many people want to go in and ask for a raise at the wrong time. And I've been on Housewives from making $7,250 the first year to seasons where I know that they need me those seasons. You got to know the temperature of the room. And those are the times that I've asked for raises. And then when I have another show coming or there's so many people coming in or there are many Housewives shows, I sit tight. You got to know when to hold and when to fold them. You cannot pick every battle and you got to sit back and wait your turn and create value. And it's Kelly has created value. You don't always, you don't raise your hand every day for something. 
I do not. No, I, I'm the opposite of that. I mean, the biggest paydays I've gotten were there were two times in my life I was leaving the show and it wasn't like a muscle thing. I wasn't flexing. It was like, I'm leaving the show at the end of my contract just because at the time I was like, I think 15 years is enough, frankly. And then something happened. People weren't thinking people at the corporate level were not actually remembering certain conversations, certain timelines and literally had no choice but to pay me what I was worth because they had screwed, they screwed up. That's about not only leverage, but that's also, you never give an ultimatum because I've seen this too in negotiating. And this doesn't have to be obviously about TV. That's not relatable to people listening. No, no, no. Right. But you never give an ultimatum. And I've seen it happen too. I've seen it happen on housewives. Whenever I've been leaving, I've been leaving. And then I've actually left twice. Like it's not a bluff. We're not bluffing. Right. And other times, and you always have to be willing to back it up because you never, anything can happen in a courtroom, okay? But I've seen women who don't start filming. They think they have this value because it's an internal perceived value. They don't start filming. And then the Correct. show started without them because Bravo has always been stronger and was willing to call call their bluff. And then they have to crawl back and get paid much less than they would have anyway because now they have no power. And then two seasons later, Bravo's still going to remember that that person needed this job and they'll always remember that. So the way you are in your real estate negotiations, if you're buying a house, in anything you do, people know, and you got to get a reputation that you mean what you say and you say what you that mean. That is a very good point you make. And I have to say that that applies to every business. And people don't realize that that is, that's the thing. Like you cannot just wander around right. threatening people. It means right. nothing. You cannot just constantly be asking for something if there's no value there. Again, it's not that you and I are so unique. It's just that we know to strike when our iron is extremely hot and we know not to double, triple dip from the same thing all all the time. It's like, this is the fair market. You play chess. You're not playing checkers. You're sitting thinking about four moves. Now you may have to make a different move because someone pulls a move on you, but you're thinking somehow you have some roadmap If you have to run out of gas, you get gas somewhere else. But you think that you have the roadmap on your head. Here's the thing. I have been very, you know, you have had to work in a space where people are. It's so funny because you're you're so yourself. But I always feel like you, in a lot of ways, have been working over the years with certain people that are anything but themselves. It's like it's like you've been working with like you're like, wait, why are you at wait? Right. This is not a scene. Right. This is the life. Right. This is life right now. Right. And there have been times where I'm like that, like, wait, why right. are you doing this? Why are you? We're not acting. This is not a scene. What's happening? Right. <laughs> what is happening right now? And so that's the thing is that it, it's really knowing the fair market value of yourself. I have never gone into a negotiation and asked for anything that was not the fair right. market value of me. And sometimes I have gone in and asked for things that are not money. Same. You know, I've negotiated for time. Amazing. Good call. That's good, good, good pull. There are things that are, to me, more valuable now. What a great, I'm so glad you said that. That's such a good, you just, that's a chapter yeah. in one in my book, Bethany. It's not about the money. It's not always about the money. So mm-hmm. one time I wanted to know that I could carve out a future business competition show. I wanted to know that I could ever do Shark Tank right. when I was going back to Bravo. So doing Shark Tank was good street cred for me. And I had the mind thought that one day they'll ask me to do that. I don't like to be shackled and locked. So I left a 
very big, high seven-figure contract recently with my partners at MGM and Mark Burnett because I had a good relationship with them, but I didn't want to be locked up. I didn't want to be have no freedom in my podcast. I didn't want to not be able to do something to date other people business-wise, and I was taking a shot. I don't know that I'll make that money back, but I didn't want to feel shackled. So that's not about money. I left money. I've left money to make things happen in the future. I left the housewives with no safety net monetarily that would be equal. So you're talking about time with your kids, time with your family, car vouts. You're talking about your life, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, that to me was the thing. It was that, you know, and again, I hate to make this like a woman man thing, but it's something that women are often asked to like, it's sort of like, well, you can have this money. Mm-hmm. Or you can have the time off. You cannot have both. It's like, yes. I'll take the time off every time. But I've never seen that leveraged for a man that way. I've never, I mean, I've worked with my husband. So I have like, I have experience mm-hmm. with what I'm talking about. And I've seen how things that are handed to him say, I have to fight for one or the other. Interesting. And time, by the way, I talk about time a lot. How valuable, we're the same age. We're literally the same age, exactly. And when yeah. did time start to be so important you know, to you? When you work on a soap opera, which is how I started out, it's where I met my husband, where I had my first, you know, two kids. I was working 14 hours a day on a good day. And you realize that if I don't bring my kids to this dank studio, I'm not going to see my kids today awake. That's not the life I had envisioned for myself. I'm a hard worker, but at a certain point, I don't want to give up everything just to work all the time. It's moving so fast. It's hard to stop the rocket ship. It's soaring, but your kids are not going to stop time. So it's, that's a very challenging thing. Okay. So what, you know, it feels like you work so hard and you execute your goals. And sometimes I think like, you're just very happy with where you are in your life. I don't think you sort of set these crazy things that, you, you don't have that, you don't have that, and I mean this in a good way, I don't really have it either. People think I have all these big goals. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm hungry. I just execute my goals. Do you have that, do you have goals that you haven't achieved yet? Are yeah. there things like, I want to do that. I want to be do on that. I want to talk on a show where I, I don't, I can be as free as I want, curse, or do you have any kind of goals like that that you haven't really achieved? You know, I really do want to continue. I've been writing a lot. I, I'm more in the writing in the scripted series space. Like I, that is my ultimate dream. That's what I've always dreamed about. I think that I have this, uh, part of it is because what I do is very light and effervescent. And I am, I mean, you've read my text messages. I don't have very organized thought process. No, but you're very passionate about issues. So that's, I not, am. you're very passionate I, about issues more than I am. You're very passionate about women's issues, about politics. You're passionate about what you care about. And sometimes you might not have a popular opinion and you can't always express it in your form. Well, that is that is true. I mean, a lot of times my opinion isn't popular, right. but I stand by it and I'm steadfast. And nobody, nobody can ever say, oh, I did not see that coming because I am an open book. And if you don't read me fast enough, I will help you. I'll turn the pages for you. I'll highlight things that you should be mindful of, you know, but I don't love being on camera, it's never been sort of something that fed me in any sort of like egotistical way. I find my own voice grating. Mm-hmm. So I apologize to your listeners if they're like, this is like nails on a chalkboard. I apologize for that. I feel you. I've had to listen to myself 
I don't think your voice is grating at all. I really do. I have a very shrill voice that people hear in the supermarket when they can't even see my face. That's what Paul says. He's like, they can hear you. They know it's you because your fucking voice. But that's good, though. That means that people know your voice. People <laughs> people hear me and children just come running because I just sound like everybody's irritating mom. Like they're like, some mom is calling me. But you described writing, which is creative, and your career started in creativity. So you have more desire yeah. creatively than you do business-wise, like brand-wise and business-wise? I understand brands. I understand branding. I know the power of that, and I get it. But I'm not the organized... Like, you have to have a hyper-organized brain for that. This is what I'm saying. Like, you have... You are an expert in time management. I need a person... I always say like, I need an adult nanny at all times to drag me through my day or I am lost in time and space. And you are a machine that way, right? Whereas I am more in the, my head is always in a script I'm writing somewhere. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. No, mine is in logistics and execution and idea and checking boxes. I'm like, it's like the beautiful mind, the wall of the beautiful mind. If you and I lived in one body, we would be the president of the United States. Beyond. And potentially of the world. If they had a president of the universe. We really have a very good yin and yang. This isn't the longest I've done, but this is the most I've wanted. Like I, I've been like trying to catch up because I want, I have more, but I, I've finally gotten it down to just this. So your business partners with your life partner in ways you have projects together, which to me sounds tricky and scary, but I, but you have a definitely have a formula. So I don't know which one of you is the peacock in the relationship. I really don't. Um, it, it could be a secret. I'm not sure. Like, it seems like it would be you, but I don't know. And it seems like Mark is very It's definitely Mark. Okay, so he's the peacock. Mark is the you and me in one person because he is an expert in time management. When I met him, he was good at complex math in his head. Okay? And I said to him, I've never met an actor who is good at math before. You're the only one I've ever met. And he said to me, I'm a terrible actor. And I fell in love with him because I just was like, this guy is smart. He's funny. He's hot. He knows what's going on. I've met him and he has an intimidation factor. He's serious. He's strategic. And like he has a you wouldn't want to fuck with him type of thing, which is, I can feel people because I grew up in a very abusive household, so I can just like feel something. But he's the type of person who's super charm, like people like him Mm -hmm. and he's good looking and he's got, but you could tell like, I would not want to mess with him. I can't explain. He seems like protective and just like, he's not fucking around. Let me, I'll give you a story. We were out to dinner. It was a a large group of friends. Um, I can't, I think it was Bruce Bozzi's birthday. Okay. Lucy Liu was there, who's a great girl. And I saw a man walk by and clock her. We were sitting in the window and I see this man. Clearly he um, sees her and like dials her in. Now, this was post 9-11, like maybe a year or two after 9-11. He was carrying a backpack. And do you remember pre-pandemic when backpacks were very alarming when we would see people carrying backpacks we got alarmed by that okay now we just assume everything is has uh, face masks and hand sanitizer in it but back then oh right it was the unabomber right and so this man came into the restaurant and 
he took his backpack and sort of dropped it under the table. So right away it was like, wait, what's happening? And he sits down next to her and he like is trying to make a move on her. And I don't know where he came from. We both say it like both Lucy and myself, Mark was seated at the other end of the table, having his own separate conversation. But because he is that guy that you just described, like a ninja, like a ninja, he came out of nowhere and grabbed the guy by the back of his neck and lifted him <laughs> and his backpack away from the table and threw him out yes. the front door of the restaurant. <laughs> That's a turn on. Lucy, she goes, he unfurled his back like a cobra. It was like <laughs> a cobra. Like he just came out of nowhere and just that's who he is. It's like, do not, do not fuck with me. F with these ladies. I will take you out. He's on the stick. I call that on the stick. Paul is very like alert and I, that's very yep. attractive in a man. So how many years have you been married? 25 years. I just want to know what is the, um, I hate to say key to success, but I just want to know some wisdom. You know, here's the thing. I think that in, in a relationship, at least in my relationship, there's been a lot of, we that we've both sacrificed a lot. There have been times where he has, not because I've asked him, but he has passed on opportunities just because he didn't want to go to China for eight months. You know what I mean? He was like, I-, I don't feel good about leaving you and the kids for that long. Having said that, he's been living in Vancouver for four years. We used to go back and forth before this past year. And did that feel like a sacrifice for you because your career is so grounded? And is this sort of his turn because your career has probably driven and been the where the fish are in the relationship for all this time? That must be challenging. Hasn't your career been like the grounding, like this is the one constant he has a different career. The one constant was the job because it allowed us, we made this very deliberate choice. We made a very, very deliberate choice. It was like, am I going to do this job or not? I wasn't right. really sure about it. Uh, honestly, I was not sure about taking this talk show job. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be for me. I didn't feel like I fit in there. I didn't feel like it was a place for me. I didn't feel like I had a relationship there. But what we did like about it was that it allowed him freedom in his career to sort of be choosy. And it allowed me to raise my kids with a consistent schedule that was planned five years in advance structure, the structure, the safety of it all. And they've gone to one school all of their lives. You know, it's like they did not have that thing where, you know, because I was an actor for so long, all of my girlfriends were actors and watching them have to pick up their kids and move to a different school system or try to get the school to give their kid like a special place where they would hold the place in the school so they could disrupt it. It was just jarring. And you had one rooting and you've kept that. And so that's actually, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's nurtured him. You made it as a group decision, a team decision, and that's allowed him to be the peacock that you said that he was and you got to be Correct. the sol- oh, that's interesting and it's funny because if you ask each one of us like he'll say i made the sacrifice right he'll be like oh my wife made all the sacrifices she was tethered in new york she had the lion's share of the responsibility with the kids blah 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 and i always say that he's made all the sacrifices because i know the personal cost that sometimes yeah. 
being away. I know what it's cost him. He is a protector. He is that guy that's on the stage. Also, having to go through all the ups and downs of you being in the spotlight, which is different than the spotlight he's been in. And his is a more consistent job right now, which is different than being in daytime television. That would make you self-conscious. It makes me self-conscious. Like, oh, a press thing. Let's talk about this. Like, you try to quiet it all down. But by and large, you've had a consistent, you know... You've had a great run. I mean, honestly. And then I do want to ask just really quickly. So your kids are, tell me your kids and how old are they? So Michael's 23 years old. He lives in Brooklyn. He graduated film school last year. And, you know, he's working as a writer's assistant right now. And he was on Mark's show playing the younger version of Mark. Oh, he my did God. That. It's kind of amazing because they really do resemble. It's I call it the family face. All of my kids, thank God, have the family face. They all look like Mark's family. Like they all... Right. Are there's different versions of the same face, but it's the family face. So he played a very uh, small role last year doing the same thing, and he loved it. He's not a trained actor, he didn't go to drama school. He went to school, you know, to be on the opposite side of the camera, but he works so hard. And he's, again, like we were talking about, he's on his own. And so financially, he's very mindful of exactly how many acting jobs he has to take so that he gets to be creative on the other side of the camera. And Lola's 19. She goes to Clive Davis at NYU. She wants to be a singer, songwriter, producer. So when all of her girlfriends wanted Seventeen Magazine and all of these Tiger Beat and all of that, she asked me for one magazine. I sent you a picture of it at the time. We were in Telluride, Colorado, and it was you on the cover of Forbes magazine. She said to me, mommy, can you buy me this magazine? And I said, I said, you want, you want this magazine? She goes, yeah, that's Bethany. And I want that magazine of Bethany on the cover. And I was like, my kid wants Forbes. When she like made a decision to go into that, she goes, there's not enough women in producing records. She's like, there's not enough women in that industry. And I was like, that's that Forbes magazine. It goes back to being a, an 11-year-old kid and seeing That's that amazing. Magazine. I love that story. So then uh, your third child, Michael Lola. And, and Joaquin is 18 years old, and he's going to University of Michigan in the fall, and I'm going to be an empty nester. Me, Lena, and Chewy. I want to tell you, I'm really, it's, I hate to say this in some ways because it sounds like condescending, but I'm proud of you. It's an amazing story. You deserve all of the success that you have. This is the longest podcast I've done because I could not stop and I enjoyed it so much. Like I just, I could have gone on for so long. So I, and your time, as we know, I is so valuable. It. So I appreciate the side of you and the stories and the humanity. Well, I want you to know I'm proud of you. And I'm happy for you. You deserve the success. And the amount of work you do for people in underserved communities, I don't think it can be stated enough. And I think that it was your early struggles in your life that has filled you with so much humanity. And I don't think it gets called out enough. I don't think it gets shouted out enough. But there are very few people in your position and you lead by example when there is a crisis, you are the first person on the scene. You are there and you're doing all of this other stuff. That is your like brain that is a time management expert, but you have not lost your humanity and your empathy. I've never cried on this podcast ever once. I just was crying. You know that Rihanna song, Umbrella? 
that's who you are. And you're like, you're good for the sisterhood. You really are. Well, it's good for women to hear just when listening to everything you've done. And sometimes I think about what I've done. We accomplished so much. We're very strong. And I just have to say for everyone listening that I've run into Kelly years before when I was nobody and I was broke and I ran into her in the back of a restaurant (laughs) and you were so sweet. And I always remember the people that were nice to me before because that's the whole thing. Like who's not going to be nice to you once you're successful? You've always been a doll and you're so sweet and such a good person. And I'm just so happy for you. Say hello to your family. I'll text you later. You're amazing. And thank Thank you you for this. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. I mean, I just don't like to choose favorites. That was my favorite podcast interview. I never cried before. I have never been exasperated where I'm just worried that we're 40 minutes into it and I still have 75% of the questions that I wanted to ask because we're just going on and it was so real and she's so busy and so humble and so grounded and understands who she is, where she comes from. She cares about so many issues. She makes me sometimes feel like I don't know what's going on because she knows about everything and she cares about everything and and this is true because I text her. But again, this is, you know, talking to people that I already know, but I didn't know any of that. I didn't know her grandmother graduated high school at 15. I didn't really re- realize that Kelly didn't go to college. I mean, this is the thing. You just take from all of this and use it however however you will. If you get one little nugget about someone's life or their relationship or their business or their attitude or their experiences or their humor or their vanity or their lack thereof, whatever it is, just take, take whatever you like and throw away the rest. Kelly's amazing. I'm so grateful and I'm so humbled and honored when I have these amazing, successful people on here that give me the time, that give you the time, give us the time. So thank you for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe and have a wonderful day. Just Be is hosted and executive produced by me, Bethany Frankel. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and iHeartRadio. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Our EP is Morgan Lavoy. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.